The following podcast was recorded on April 26, 2020, when I did a 12-hour live stream to help raise money for Meals on Wheels. It was a fantastic day. We had a lot of fun. However, because it was a live stream, the audio quality on this podcast may have some issues. And there are going to be things that likely don't translate that well in the audio format because it was originally recorded on video. However, if you would like to go and see all of the video, you can over on Fangraphs.com or check out my YouTube channel. Just type in Justin Mason and should be able to find it or Potapalooza. All of the podcasts from Potapalooza will be split onto different podcast feeds. TGFBI, Friends of Fancy Benefits, and The Sleeper in the Bus. So if you want to listen to them all, you're going to have to go to all three feeds and download them. Enjoy! Joining us is Michael, who's better known, I think, as SP Streamer. First one into the studio, uh, so you get to talk all by yourself. <laughs> oh, ah, see, it only lasted for a second. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, right there. Uh, but Michael, why don't you tell people uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, where you can reach on social media, and what you do? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at SP Streamer. I also have a website, spstreamer.com, and a podcast titled SP Streamer. <laughs> um, I mean, we're just put out content daily. Um, you know, it's it started off mainly pitching, but now we've kind of gotten to hitting as well. So we kind of do a little bit of everything, and uh, we're just going to try to continuously put out content. <laughs> What's happening, guys? How are we doing? As, as I see Nick Pollock with fire behind us. <laughs> You know, yeah. it'd just be an extended fireside chat. Why not, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Old fireside chat coming back. Nick, welcome mm. to the show. Why don't you let people uh, know where you grease on social media and what you do? Uh, what's happening, guys? Yeah, I'm Nick Pollock. Uh, I created a site called Pitcherless. You can find me at Twitter at Pitcherless. Um, and uh, hopefully, oh, there's Dave Swan. Awesome. Good to see you, Doug. Good to see you, Michael. And uh, of course, Justin, thank you so much for hosting this incredible thing. This is a fantastic cause, a really awesome thing that you're doing. So really, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this and thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, Doug, my boy, I, I like your background even better. Yeah, although I'm getting a bit of an echo. Is that on my end or? <laughs> it might be me. Yeah. See, this you is know, why you got to you know, is always the, the best part of these. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. We're you know just sheltering in place up here, and uh, Mason, you're what about two hours away, North Bay, and uh, yep, taking the South Bay down here. But yeah, people can find me at Doug underscore Thorburn, and I host the Baseball Holics Anonymous podcast along with Sammy Reed, and I used to write for a bunch of different places. So I've I've been kind of doing the pitching thing for a while. Yeah, just a little while. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey guys, what's going on? How you doing? Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and where you can reach on social media? Uh, so Twitter handle is Davithius. Over there with Mike at SB Streamer, and then I do some work at Rotorballer MLB. All right, and joining us is the great Paul Sporer. Paul, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? How's it going? 
It's going fantastically. I'm only like in hour five or something like that of this uh, this this stream. So uh, I'm not dead yet. It's just you got a long long. way to go. Why don't you uh, tell people where you reach on social media and then uh, tell people uh, what you do? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Spore, uh, on Twitch at Spore as well. Obviously, the uh, fantasy editor for Fangraphs. Not much fantasy to edit, but uh, we're getting through, and it looks like we got a great crew here. So I'm excited to talk some baseball with y'all. Hey, and you can watch this on Fangraphs. I got it streaming over on the site. Uh, so the uh, the first, I think, seven hours are going to be on one post, and the last five hours will be on another because apparently this program I use only lets you record for eight hours, and I didn't want to miss. Uh, any of this beautiful live stream for the masses to see. Uh, we are talking starting pitching because that's what all these guys are really, really great at. Uh, and so I have tried to collect a fantastic uh, group of guys to talk about starting pitching. And let's start with, uh, huh? We're going to start with uh, how does the late uh, start or potential and potentially shortened season affect starting pitching in fantasy, Paul? I mean, it obviously allowed the guys who were dealing with some injuries to kind of get right before we even start. And obviously, we still don't have a start date. So all these guys that were going to be out until May, they should be cleared. Even June, maybe some guys who were going to be out until July are cleared. I think a big deal, too, though, is um, innings concerns for younger guys, guys we thought were going to be on limits. Now, 80 to 100 innings covers the full season, I I would assume, because regardless of when we start, I'm not sure it's going to take much more than that. Now, there could be some counterbalancing to that if we're playing seven games a week regularly, a few out off days. There might still be incentive for teams to rest a, uh, a younger arm and, and move in a sixth guy. But for the most part, I, I think it really uh, helped injured guys, guys who are already dealing with an injury or injury concerns and young arms. Doug, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Well, as per usual, I, and for those who don't know, I used to host a podcast, Whisper, and he was really good at taking every point I had queued up, and it's gone. <laughs> and so then my, my turn to come up with something different, because, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Younger guys, especially with the innings limit, that's something we don't have to worry about this year, because, you know, the whole Verducci effect is out the window. And uh, I think that's going to have a, that's going to be one of the big ripple effects, because Innings are definitely something I take into account on draft day, uh, whether it's injury concerns and being realistic about a guy who's going to get you 150 instead of 180, or if it's about a young guy who might get you 120 instead. Well, now that's all been reset. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of the young guys, they now leap up in value in my mind because of not only the novelty factor of young guys, but also the the fact that we don't want to worry about their innings so much anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, the the – Injured guys, we have all these guys who are potentially coming back in time for the season if there is one, knock on wood. And we're we're in this weird position now where a lot of those injured guys suddenly have value. And especially the guys, guys like James Paxton, where it's like he's going to come back and his injury, yeah, wasn't arm-related. However, it is something that he should be back for by the start of the season. And so now his does his value go way up? And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit later. But, oh, boy. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. I, obviously, a lot of thoughts that I have are 
Um, like look at the race situation where we were kind of out a little bit on say McKay because we didn't really think he'd maybe get a chance right away. But right, if we're talking about seven games or a week or maybe even more than that, if there were double headers, then McKay all of a sudden actually might get more legitimate starts and more innings. So those situations where you have like a lot of different options, maybe you can meet to the Astros. Now Josh James might get more opportunities if he hadn't even won that fifth spot before. So it, it might, we might have more guys in the pool than we'd expect. But then also, I, I still haven't made my mind yet about this. I'm curious what you guys think is first glance. I'm like, okay, we only have 80 innings, 80 to 100 innings or something like that. We, we're aiming for from guys. Then, of course, all the major you know volume pitchers like Kluber and Granke are good examples off the top of my head that maybe or they're going a little bit higher in drafts because we were expecting 200 innings or so. Now, okay, well, that doesn't really matter. But at the same yep. time, those are also high IPS pitchers. So that is every single game themselves, they're going to get more volume. And that actually might be more valuable still. Like we shouldn't be dramatically dropping them. So yeah. I haven't I haven't made my decision yet. I'm kind of just like waiting until there's something official out there. Then I'll like truly go in and figure everything out. But I haven't decided yet. Should we be putting a heavier weight on like, do we care that these guys are volume guys and this high IPS or should we not? I don't really know yet. Well, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what I put as the who could potentially lose some value is those guys with the perceived high floors of volume, but I wouldn't go too far with it. I wouldn't right. be cutting them off my board. The Kyle Hendricks is uh, John Wester, Jose Quintana, a lot of the Cubs pitchers, to be honest, and then deeper like a uh, Julio Tehran, uh, Rick Porcello, for those of you in super oh. deep leagues, their oh. volume is, is the only thing that really <laughs> gives them any value. And Porcello had no value last year, uh, but I wouldn't go too far with it for the higher end, like a Granky. Look at Granky's numbers on their own. Right, They're yeah. great. So, but he is given that extra boost for the volume. So I might move them down like a, a, a little, but I'm still, I'm not gonna plummet them in my rankings, especially at the higher end, like a Granky, because he could still be the highest inning getter, even if it's only 15 innings above right. those other yeah. guys, as opposed to the 30, 40 that he could do in a full season. And it makes his 23% strike rate. Well, that's not so bad if he's getting an extra inning per start. And then it turns exactly. into a relative 25 or so. So that's okay. Uh, Michael, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you guys pretty much covered um, the, you know, the basics and everything. And I mean, when I started to think about it, it more so with injuries too, it's kind of hard. You could go either way uh, when it comes to injury prone players, because it's kind of like, they have less of a chance of missing a season, but also if they do miss the season, then it's a bigger, a larger percentage of it. So when it comes to injury risks, I think you could kind of go either way. And it kind of uh, depends on if you like the draft more so uh, for upside or not. But when it comes to, you know, kind of like the innings limits, um, I was going to kind of take it a little step further and just kind of, I think it's, you know, while these guys who are on limits, they become slightly more valuable and, you know, kind of like a paddock and stuff. But what about these guys who have higher pitch counts, kind of like Bauer, Lynn and Meyer, who they let them go longer in games. And, um, you know, the that they're probably going to be going seven innings more so where you probably get like a Lazard on stuff who might just be going five innings. Right. Um, so. I think um, kind of like what you guys said, like you could kind of adjust them a little bit, but I wouldn't get a little too crazy with it. Um, yeah. Just because they still are going to go probably further in games than these younger guys who aren't going to see limits anywise. Anymore. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I think some people want to push their glass now in Lozardo's 10, 20 ranks higher than they had them 
but there's still going to be a difference. And it's the innings per start, which Nick hinted on and what you're talking about, Michael, that will play a difference. And of course, uh, the fact that if they do get hurt, that small injury is now a major chunk yeah, of the season. Yeah. I think the best part of it for the Lazardos and the, and the glass house and guys like that is that you can feel comfortable that they're going to be there for whatever playoff you have. If you're in a head to head league or down the stretch in a roto league, not so much that they're necessarily going to be delivering huge innings, but just that in a normal season, we would have been worried that they might not be there for September. Now they should theoretically be there for whatever late season situation that we get. Well, uh, I'm going to let David chime in on this. David, what are your thoughts? Uh, a couple of things about that. I'm kind of leaning towards wanting nothing but veterans at the moment. You know, if these guys are going to probably have a little bit less of a spring training. So I'm going to want a guy who my cutter's not working, my fastball's not riding the same way, and he learns how to adapt at it. And some of these young guys, I just don't know if they have that experience. You know, I know they've done a little bit in the minors, but this is going to be a whole new way of looking at things. And so for me, I want to play it a little safer and grab – some of these guys that are going to be out there as, as the surefire aces right away. And, and I'd almost bump all that premium starting pitching stock way up. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Uh, I can, I can see that. Like, I think there is a real, real case for that, especially just with the interesting dynamic that this whole season is going to present who does deal with it. But I know that's a case by case. You could have a 22 year old deal with it as well as a, a 35 year old, but I, I would lean toward the veterans in a tiebreak situation to be more adaptable. I mean, the only exception, of course, would be Kluger, mm -hmm. right? Because we just don't know. Is that April? Is it just him needing to ramp up? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what, I That's what I worry about is a lack of spring training. It's going to be a Vila watch all over again for me. For sure. It, it's oh, also yeah. going to be an injury watch, too. Like, I imagine yeah. a lot of these guys are not going to get the amount of time mm -hmm. that they want. So I don't, because of that, absolutely. It, it, the injury question, it's like, I remember at first, yeah, I had no idea how to put weight into that, right? Should we be favoring those guys because there's less chances to get injured and less time to do it? Or because, as you said, Michael, yeah. right? Like Go either way. Right, exactly. But then you can think, well, if there's a higher yeah. chance of injury anyway because of the snow spring training, then that makes me initially more inclined to go get an injury risk guy because everyone has a high injury risk guy, so might as well get that value. Is, I think here, here's something that none of you brought up when talking about the you know, innings pitch per start. Um, if we're playing in games in Texas, in Florida, in Arizona in the middle of the summer, and there's not enough necessarily dome stadiums for everyone to play, are teams going to let pitchers throw a hundred pitches or more in a, in a game, you know, and have them sitting out on the mound in the sun in 112 degrees mm -hmm. heat in Arizona? So, like, I, yeah. I mean, there's so many questions. It's so up in the air. So, obviously, we don't have the answers. But I, I don't necessarily know that guys like Zach Greinke will get the opportunity to go deep in games. I mean, you know, you hear from some guys that they love the heat. When, and when they're cooking, you know, when, when they're really going, they don't care that it's 100. They feel great. Uh, certain weather conditions help guys have better feel for stuff. Maybe even more than that, uh, the settings that we're talking about could just be super prone to offense that pitching in general is difficult, let alone what the weather is as far as uh, wearing them out. So we have so many unanswered questions that I can't even – if we do get a baseball season, I can't imagine what fantasy is going to be like. It's going to be so wild, especially if we're not playing in the home parks. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, you guys have mentioned already some guys who have uh, uh, get some advantages and maybe some who get some disadvantages, but – what pitcher do you think gets the best bump from having a shortened season? 
Uh, Doug, we'll let you start so that way Paul doesn't steal your info. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope he says the guy on my list. Get back real quick on that last point. Uh, I can't help but feel like that Tommy John surgery and spring training is so common. It it it's like the virus, and now we're gonna have a second spring training, and I'm afraid we're gonna have a second rash of Tommy John's. It's gonna be like the second wave of the coronavirus of Tommy John surgery. It's uh, I'm really not looking forward to whether it's a truncated time period or whatever, there's so many unknowns, so many things you don't know, but I will say at least it's all relative. So the good guys are still relatively good. The bad guys are still relatively bad. No matter how the environment changes. Yeah. Not everyone's going to change the same way, but relatively it should hold. So I don't think it's going to impact my strategy, especially because there's so much unknown. Um, I mean, as far as the guys get better. I mean, I know this is top end, top, top end, but, I'm so excited to see what Walker Bueller does this year. I uh, he, He's been someone I've been big on the last couple of years, but to see what he could do with all the reins taken off when he's given a chance, because the Dodgers, they're going to have a short amount of time to make a big difference. You talk about a guy who's going to get seven inning starts, maybe eight inning starts, Walker Bueller. You talk about a guy who's, who could last that long uh, uh, without raising his pitch count too high, especially the way that he's developed. And – I think that's going to be the hidden gems this year. The, the series of hidden gems are going to be guys who can go seven, especially in leagues that are weekly leagues. You've got two start leagues. Like That's going to make a big difference because now it's not going to wash out over the course of a full season. You get a guy who had a couple of two start weeks, and all of a sudden that dents you for the whole year, and you end up having an extra 20, 30 innings on someone else, which is, oh, look, it's 20% of their total or 50, 10% of their innings or something like that. No, wait, I'm way off. It's more like – Five percent earnings, but still, <laughs> I think it's going to have a bigger impact this year. Yeah, Nick, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm just going to get the Colorado pitchers out of the way. Uh, like, I mean, come on, that's the obvious one, right? They're not in cores. Mm-hmm. Let's just like talk about, you know, okay, Herman Marquez, yep. John Gray going up. I imagine everyone yep. here was going to say that too, so yep. I just wanted to throw that one out. Um, <laughs> the I, I just, just like we, we all are there. Um, the more interesting ones to me are you have guys like I would even say like the Giants pitchers. Like I was, I was talking about Kevin Gaussman as Don't like oh that maybe a sneak one. Well, right, they go down exactly. Yeah. So we should be changing that value because okay, they don't have Yeah. Well, I'm skipping. Just saying, yeah. The, skipping. These fine. are who gets the most. Yeah. <laughs> fine. Okay. Fine. I was just thinking the most biggest impact. All right. You were, then, th- you were thinking biggest change regardless. Yeah. Of that's what I was doing. This is why Ooh. Alex is living in a basement right now. Right. <laughs> I'm trying, all right? I'm trying hard. Uh, otherwise, it's a going up. Um, I would put some sort of um, I would put some sort of favor. I would consider like Yankee pitchers a little bit. Um, obviously, they don't have the short porches and left and right as well. Something to consider. So maybe J.A. Happ. Like, maybe we'd, we'd be okay with those uh, six innings, those quality starts that J.A. Happ would have given some wins in a shorter season. Something to think about there. All right, Michael, you shook your head when he said Colorado, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you got something else to add in. That was because I obviously had Herman Marquez. But um, no, I mean, obviously it sounds like, you know, a lot of games you're going to be playing Arizona if this does happen um, or the three states. But I mean, I th- I thought of, you know, when it comes to that hot weather in the heat in Arizona, I'd like to go with guys who are more so can put up that high ground ball percentage and not as much as a fly ball percentage. And then guys like Strasburg and Castillo could really benefit from that. Um, you know, they both put up, you know, about 50% ground ball percentage and um, they're going to keep it in the park, I think. 
uh, because of that. Whereas, which we'll get to next, you know, these fly ball pitchers, I think it could hurt them a lot more being in that heat and in those stadiums. David? Yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of the points I'm kind of looking at. One thing that kind of makes me as a a gainer for some of these pitchers is a guy who can actually go that third time through the order, especially if we're going to go to that universal DH. A lot of these NHNL guys aren't used to seeing the, the DH all the time. And so now it's going to be one more bigger bat that's going to be in that lineup. So I think that guy who can actually just get that that extra third time through the lineup is going to be you know pretty key. And that's why I'm trying to bump up the premium guys. All right, Paul. I went straight forward and picked just one guy on Jin Ryu. Um, you know, there's no guarantee that he doesn't get hurt, but it being a smaller season, uh, he doesn't have to stay healthy as long to put up 80, 100 innings. And he's almost literally never been bad. The one time he was was four and two thirds in 2016, and he was hurt uh, for the subsequent year. Uh, or no, that was returning from from uh, health. So he basically missed two years in a row there. I don't really count that. Every other time he's pitched, uh, the other five seasons, Hunjin Ryu has been really good, and we saw how excellent he was last year and brilliant how how brilliant he was in 18. So I think he gets a big boost. And if we play in alternate spots like in Florida, uh, that might be better than touring the NL East. Uh, or excuse me, the AL East. And also, um, what if they mix up the divisions a little bit yeah. based on oh, man. Arizona and Florida? And maybe he's not even fit. Well, he, the Yankees would still be there, but maybe some other teams uh, are a little bit easier. Like the Marlins would maybe be part of a team that the Blue Jays face more often because I know they're in Florida. So, uh, But I'm going to go Hunjin Ryu because my big innings concern with him is mitigated, if not uh, – if, if, you're about, if you're worried about him playing on turf in Rogers Center, uh, you're not going to have to have that yeah. worry. So, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of big factors there for, for Reed. Building on, building on top of that, I mean, I'm, it's kind of crazy to say it, but Orioles pitchers then on top of that, that's a great point you made about AL East. I mean, John Means is someone I've been talking about a lot, and I exactly. love his stuff too. And if he's not going against the Yankees and the Red Sox and the improved Jays as well and the Rays, like that's something huge to think about too. We've, and it, and we've seen um, we, we've seen Asher Wojciechowski Woj- yeah. decently at times too. So if he's not in Camden facing the Yankees and instead in Jupiter facing Miami, sign me up. Yep. And uh, in one of the previous segments, our, our NFBC segment about an hour ago, uh, yeah. Matt Davis uh, mentioned that uh, he he does a lot of leagues with uh, DraftSheet, and the DraftSheet did a uh, study, and it turned out that. On average, about two runs more a game were scored in Arizona as opposed to in Florida during spring training. So, oh wow, wow. You, know, you start getting some of those ALE <laughs> pitchers that you were avoiding because of the environments or uh, teams uh, they were playing, uh, and now they're getting to play in Florida, uh, where and against different teams that, that may be a huge benefit to them. All right, well, potentially. <laughs> potentially. I mean, this is all theoretical, right? You know, what else are we going to say? Potentially, although it's very risky if it doesn't happen. This is very, very true. Uh, there was a question mm-hmm. from uh, the peanut gallery who can comment. Uh, and that was, it's from Alex Fast. Uh, he's, he's asking uh, why Paul would take the hair and glue it to his face. <laughs> I, res- I responded. What else was I supposed to do with it? I sprinkled some over my cereal and I glued the rest to my lips. <laughs> You know, I'm supposed to just keep it. I mean, I appreciated that you sent it. 
You, you said you'd put it in a glass case, Spore. That's where some of it is, but like the rest <laughs> obviously needs to be enjoyed. So a little over the Rice Krispies and the rest on the lip. <laughs> no big deal. Jeez, everyone realized. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give something away since uh, that's what we're doing today. We are raising money for Meals on Wheels, and we are giving away prizes. Uh, currently, let's see, we are uh, – we have uh, made almost $4,500 for Meals on Wheels. Wow. Um, and Let's a go. lot of prizes. And uh, Adam Lawyer, uh, another prize he's giving away is a Pitcher List subscription. So he's going to pay for a Pitcher List uh, subscription uh, for someone. So let me go over to my handy dandy randomizer and scroll all the way to the top because holy crap, there's like 4,500. Uh, uh, I hope I win it. I really, uh, really hope I win this one. I hope you win it too. <laughs> Colin Weatherwax won a uh, TGFBI entry. <laughs> I want to. I want to check out this. Uh, I want to check out this picture list side. I've been hearing about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's all right. It's not so bad. You know, they uh, have this plus thing. It's great. I think maybe Matthew Kirsting. He he won it. So welcome, uh, welcome, Matthew. Woo! You'll enjoy the Discord. It's a wonderful place. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give away a Frank Robinson bobblehead. Um, oh, I want to win that. So, uh, well, you should have donated money. Um, I'll give you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Time to donate. You can donate on Venmo uh, at Justin Salinger or on PayPal Justin Mason Fantasy uh, at gmail.com. You can just see it right there in the background of Doug. Um, so let's see. Uh, Andrea Lamont went in a uh, Frank Robinson bobblehead. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to her. So, uh, yeah. So, giving away prizes. Donate, donate, donate. Um, but let's uh, let's move on. And uh, do I think we already covered all of our uh, questions? I believe uh, that I gave you some. Well, what about favorite the lowest value round picture? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who loses value and favorite late round picture? I'm going to go yeah. on my let's, uh, let's go with favorite yeah. late round picture to make sure we got Wait, that. Nick in. wants to talk about the Giants. Let Nick talk about the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Favorite late round picture there. Go, Nick. Oh. Uh, favorite late round pitcher. I mean, again, John Means is someone I'm targeting everywhere. Uh, Jordan Montgomery as well. Um, another guy that had increased velocity in spring training. I think now, especially, he's still going to get that opportunity with the Yankees. Good win team as well. Um, I, I, th I only see good things there. So two lefties that I really like there. All right, Paul. Uh, okay, so I got kind of groups. I got Jake Odorizzi at the higher end, right around pick 185 to 200. Aaron Savale at 250. I've been pumping him up all season. And then Pablo Lopez, 350 and later uh, with, with the Marlins. So, yeah. Oh, and, and uh, Alex Fast didn't uh, know if he was allowed to or not, but apparently he's going to be talking uh, and Nick are going to be talking to Pablo Lopez next week. I've already submitted a question for Alex. So. Sweet. Is it, is it back there? <laughs> <laughs> screwed me in fantasy last year. Uh, <laughs> so, I heard. Are you going to ask him how his floor was only a 410 ERA? Now? You know, i crazy. 420. But uh, 420. You know, <laughs> uh, I am, I am going to ask him about that velocity boost he had in spring last year and just kind of see all that kind of stuff. Definitely. I'm excited to talk to him. He's interesting, though. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. They've got some pitching working there, and they're actually yeah. slowly turning things around in Miami. All right, David, favorite uh, late-round pitcher? Uh, grabbing a lot of Chris Archer. Some late June, July, August changes that uh, kind of boosted up his K per nine and 
you know, his K minus walk, you know, jumped up over 20. So I'm kind of interested. I feel like in the late 200s, you're basically just grabbing Robbie Ray, but much later. Yep. New regime too. Might as well see what they do. Exactly. They, they get away from the race series it's, track. It's, I, I can't quit them either. It's so the sinker. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a sickness. It's one more year at least. Yep. One more year at least. Yeah. Especially this, this year. Yeah. And what's the worst case? If, if he if he's terrible again, it's out easy. The past few years, it's been tough to get mm-hmm. away from him because you invested a even though some cost fallacy. I know all that, but it's like it's difficult to get rid of that higher end pick. But this year, if he if he flops again, out easy. But I like the Archer call a lot, Michael. Yeah, yeah um, I like Dylan Cease a lot. You know, especially if he can locate that fastball a little bit better. Um, I like Alcantara with that power sinker. And as a late yes. guy, I actually picked uh, Spencer Turnbull. Just because I think he's got somewhat of a deep arsenal and maybe if one or two of them click, you know, I think he can maybe take the next step forward. And, I agree uh, with that. Uh, for me, it's AJ Puck. And uh, I mean, I think the A's have a lot of young guys. And a lot of those young guys that were probably going to be on the innings limits suddenly will not be. Meanwhile, I have to admit, I'm kind of biased, but when I see uh, a clip, a spring training clip of tall ass lefty AJ Puck working with taller ass lefty Randy Johnson. <laughs> And they're working on literally the exact same thing I've seen video clips of with uh, Tom House and Nolan Ryan working with Randy on back when Randy was a Mariner. And that was getting extreme extension. And AJ Puck has some long levers. He's a tall kid. And his balance is already really solid. And so, you know, granted, of course, it's mechanical crap, and I'm going to bring mechanics into it. But I really liked AJ Puck before I saw that, and I saw that, and I just – are really into it. So I love AJ Puck. I'm not even sure how late he is at this point, but I know I've gotten him as my number six in a lot of drafts. So uh, he's definitely not an early guy on a lot of people's radar. Well, he's really split from Lozardo too, as it looked like Lozardo was going to have the guaranteed job and Puck was going to have to kind of work for it. Uh, over the last like month or so in online championships, Puck was picked 230, uh, ranging oh. as late as 273. I'll, I'll pay that all day for Puck. Yeah, well, now record, yeah. I'll like Lozardo nearly as much. Yeah, now that we have, of course, more opportunity for starts, possibly, then uh, yeah, definitely, I love that puck call. Just because now, when we did think that he was going to relieve, now wait, he could be starting for a significant amount of time. So this is good. I like well, it. He also got hurt, which I think plays into the yeah. price as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, great point. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a couple minutes left, so I want to give you each a chance to promote all your work again, uh, and then let people know where you can be reached on social media. So, Michael, please let people know where you can be reached and uh, what you do. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SPStreamer. Uh, we run a website, SPStreamer.com. Kind of just touch a little bit on everything. We got a couple of great writers, including Dave, who's down below me right now. And um, we have a podcast as well called SP Streamer. We also do a short uh, a short podcast called On the Bump as well. And uh, I just want to thank you for doing this, Justin. This was awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Doug, where do you reach? What are you working on? Uh, well, with Baseball Holics Anonymous, that's our podcast with me and Sammy Reed. That's pretty much the only thing I'm working on baseball-related these days because I'm not really writing for sites currently. Uh, but I'm doing a lot of, uh, you know, I own a small business. It's a touring business. And we're going remote, so I'm really encouraging people to give us a try. Just uh, basically anyone who listens to this, I want to give them a free hour to give it a try. We'll work. We'll talk about anything, whether it's baseball or it's calculus, doesn't matter. Awesome. That's great. Definitely, definitely support Doug and his small business. And Doug, uh, if you want to DM me and let me know any way I can help you out, please do. Uh, Nick, 
Where can you reach on Twitter? What are you working on? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at PitcherList, but check out Thursday. We're going to do a live on the corner podcast. We have a major announcement uh, to make live at six o'clock. So definitely tune in for that. But uh, outside of that, I mean, everyone donate to Meals on Wheels. This is an amazing thing. Win some stuff. Justin, fantastic work here. This is awesome. Thank you. David, where can you reach? What are you working on? So, yeah, I write with Mike up at SB Streamer. Like I said, I do some things over at Rotoball or MLB as well. So just kind of grinding out, trying to keep everything interesting right now and, and appeal any, you know, fantasy baseball fan that we can. All right. I'm going to cut uh, some of you guys off the stream so I can add other people. But thank you guys. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell people where you can reach and what you're working on. Justin, thank you so much for doing this, by the way. This was great. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Spore. That's twitch.tv slash Spore, twitter.com slash Spore. Still writing over at Fangraph, still doing the podcast twice a week with Justin. Uh, streaming on Twitch five, six, sometimes seven days a week. Oh, James Anderson, I want to stick around. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for doing this, Justin. This was a great idea, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah thank I you do. for coming on. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's always great to talk to you, even though I do it all the time. Agreed. Bye.